0: Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. So, Lord, everybody, let's stand together and let the Lord know that uh, we need Him today. How many think you need the Lord today? It's one reason why you're here, right? I told somebody you're going to be doing better by the time you leave than you were when you got here. And uh, then I thought, well, all of us. That's going to be true of all of us. I trust that you believe that. Let's just let the Lord know that's what we'd like to see happen. I believe that's the will of God. So let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another Sunday, another Lord's Day, another opportunity to come to this house of worship and to come into your presence, and that's what we're asking you to do. Lord, come in a mighty way, in a powerful way. Let your blessings flow. Let the worship flow from our lips and from our heart. Help us to praise you, Lord, with all that is within us today, for truly you are worthy, you are deserving of that, and we praise you, God, for all that you're going to do here this afternoon. Bless your word here in this Sunday school hour. Let your will be done in everything in this place today, and we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, uh, let's read a verse of scripture, Philippians chapter four. Kind of set the stage for what I'd like to talk to you about in this Sunday school hour today. So good to see everybody. Amen. Philippians four and verse six. It says, "Be careful for nothing." Now, I want you to understand even before I get to the lesson. While the verse is still on the screen what that word careful means. This is a King James Version of the Bible, and Thank you. The word careful here does not mean uh, be cautious. In our society today, the word careful generally means that. Be careful, be cautious, be wary, uh, watch what you're doing. But that's not at all what it means here. It means exactly what it looks like. It means don't be full of care or worry or anxiety. It says, be careful, or I could say it like this, be full of worry or anxiety for nothing or over nothing. But in everything, that doesn't mean there's not going to be troubles, there's not going to be things, situations, circumstances that we don't want to go through. Here's the answer for those times. In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And my subject today is prayer. I'm going to talk about prayer from this viewpoint. My title is, Why is it so hard for Christians to pray? Why is it so hard for Christians to pray? God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, I like to read something that uh, I had in my files, and um, I love this. Somebody really hit the nail on the head. I don't believe in Santa Claus, but I'm not going to sue somebody for singing a ho 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 song in December. I don't agree with Charles Darwin, but I didn't go out and hire a lawyer when my high school teacher taught his theory of evolution. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of your happiness will not be endangered because someone says a 30-second prayer before a football game. What's the big deal? It's not like somebody is up there reading the entire book of Acts. They're just talking to God that they believe in and asking him to grant safety to the players on the field and the fans going home from the game. But it's a Christian prayer, some will argue. Yes, and this is the United States of America, a country founded on... Christian principles according to our very own phone book Christian churches outnumber all others in town better than 200 to 1 so what would you expect somebody chanting Harry Krishna if I went to a football game in Jerusalem I would expect to hear a Jewish prayer if I went to a soccer game in Baghdad I would expect to hear a Muslim prayer if I went to a ping-pong match in China Do they play ping pong in China? If I went to China, I would expect to hear someone pray to Buddha. And I wouldn't be offended at any of these. It wouldn't bother me one bit. But what about the atheist is another argument. Well, what about them? Nobody's asking them to be baptized. We're not going to pass the collection plate at the game. Just humorous for 30 seconds. If that's asking too much, bring a Walkman or a pair of earplugs, go to the bathroom, visit the concession stand, whatever, even call your lawyer. Unfortunately, one or two will probably make that call. One or two now are telling thousands what they can and cannot do. I don't think a short prayer at a football game is going to shake the world's foundations, nor do I believe that not praying would necessarily result in more injuries on the field or more fatal car crashes, people going home after the game. In fact, I'm not so sure God would even be at all these games if he didn't have to be. That's just one of the downsides of being omnipresent. Christians are just sick and tired of turning the other cheek while our courts strip us of our rights. Our parents and grandparents taught us to pray before we eat, pray before we go to sleep. Our Bible tells us just to pray without ceasing. And now, a handful of people and their lawyers have told us to cease praying altogether. God help us. And then this anonymous person ends their diatribe by saying this, if that last sentence offends you, well, just sue me. You know, I've been perplexed for some time now about uh, how our courts and society uh, is bowing down to this. You know, Christians are still by far a majority in this country. Now, there's a lot fewer of them than there were 20, 30 years ago. Uh, but it, it is perplexing to me, number one, that somebody has been successful in getting... The vast majority of our society in America to bow down to their wishes as far as turning away from God in the schools uh, in all uh, segments of our society it really is perplexing but I'll tell you what is more perplexing uh, and that is the problem in the church with fewer and fewer Saints praying and I'm talking about the church at large And uh, I don't have anyone. I want to just say this now. uh, I don't have anyone in mind in directing this lesson this this afternoon. Too, I'm not. Don't have my gun out, Um, brother Wright. You know how this goes—shooting at, taking pot shots at people in the congregation. We don't do that. Brother Wright knows we don't do that. I'm not thinking of anybody. Well, let me just say this. With what I have to say this afternoon, I'm doing what I believe God wants me to do and saying what I believe he wants me to say. And uh, most of you probably, uh, this won't pertain to. But if the shoe fits, wear it. All right, let's, let's go on. The scripture, the Bible, makes it clear that we are to pray. It makes it very clear that we are to pray uh, all the time. Paul said in the verse that I read, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. What Paul is really saying here is seek the Lord in every area and about every area of your life and thank him ahead of time for hearing you. Paul's emphasis, I think, is very clear here. Always pray first. We, we're not supposed to pray as a last resort, going to friends or doctors or lawyers or even pastor or counselors, and finally, after uh, not finding the answer, then end up on our knees. No, Jesus tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We're supposed to go to God first, folks. If you are a Christian, that should be second nature to you. It should be even... Uh, you shouldn't even have to think about it it's it's really uh breaks your heart to hear about terrible things uh happening to christians families breaking up spouses divorcing people who walked faithfully with the lord for so many years living in fear and defeat and and, and these people uh, many of them eventually be overcome by something like sin or depression or worldliness or covetous and year after year their problems seem to get worse but what shocks me is the surveys that have been done and there are Christian uh, companies and outfits that do these surveys that are taken they show that Christians really don't pray much anymore they instead turn to television preachers Uh, to books, counselors, call-in shows, therapies of all kind, but rarely ever uh, go to prayer. And they go through their life suffering because of that. I'm not saying don't ever go to any of these other sources of help. I'm just saying prayer should be your primary source of strength and finding answers to problems in your life from God. Why is it so hard for Christians to seek the Lord during times of crisis uh, and desperate needs? After all, when you look at the Bible, there is no doubt the Bible represents story after story after story. In fact, it is one uh, long testimony that God really does hear the cries of his children, and he answers them because he loves them. Psalm 34 and 15, let's just look at some verses that prove what I just said. God hears his children. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. Verse 17, the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Uh, 1 John 5 and verse 14, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according To his will. That means pray, God, whatever your will is in this matter. He hears us, and if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desired of him. Now, again, doesn't mean we'll get what we desired of him our way. We're praying according to his will, saying, God, not my will, but your will be done, if the two are different. God always answers that kind of prayer. He will bring to pass his will if you let him. James 5 and 16, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Matthew 21, 22, All things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Proverbs 15 and 8, The prayer of the upright is his delight. Uh, verse 29 of that same chapter, The Lord heareth the prayer of the righteous. Psalm 102, 17, He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. How many believe the Bible says God answers prayer? God's listening. Let's go to 138 of the book of Psalms, verse 3. Listen to David's great boast. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthens me with strength in my soul. Uh, Psalm 81 and 7. David said, I've proven you, God. In all my trials I turned to no one else. I sought only you, and you heard me Answered me and gave me strength for the battle I was facing. He said that this way Thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee, the Lord said, in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah. These promises, ladies and gentlemen, and there's more, I didn't read all of them, are testimonies to the overwhelming evidence that God cares about you. He cares about his children. And God's promises to, to you and I are so varied, they're so numerous, they're so profound. I don't understand how any Christian who's serious about living for God in a one-on-one relationship with him could miss the fact that the Bible says God loves you and he's listening to you. Amen. Uh, yet, when it comes to prayer, the Bible gives us more than promises. It also gives us warnings about the danger of neglecting prayer. Hebrews 2 and 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? The word here in the Greek for neglect means to take lightly, to have little concern for. So the context, the meaning of this verse is a discussion of things about about our salvation and prayer is obviously one of these so prayer should not be neglected god is saying in other words how do you expect to escape ruin and devastation in the dark times that are coming if you haven't learned to commune with me in prayer how will you know and recognize my voice when you need to hear it if you haven't learned to hear it in your secret prayer closet here, here is my big question, and, and this is the one that I, quite frankly, just have trouble. Uh, well, I, I just can't understand it. How can God's own people, and there are some who are under constant uh, attack from hell, facing trouble, facing temptation on all sides, how can they go week after week after week without seeking him and how can a christian claim to love him and believe in his promises and yet never draw near to him in a time of communion with him on a regular basis the writer of hebrews calls us to draw near to god let's switch to hebrews 10 verse 19 having therefore brethren boldness sitting back and think about how much you know God does for us and how great he is and, and getting a warm, fuzzy feeling. It means what it says, drawing near to God. And the only way you draw near to someone is communicating with them. That's called prayer when it comes to God. Uh, a few verses later, we're warned that the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord's return, that's what it means, is very fast approaching. Verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. God is saying to us, I believe that even now, as the time of his return draws ever closer, we have got to seek his face. It is time, God is saying, I believe in this verse, to go into your secret closet and really get to know me I don't see how anyone Christian or not can keep from doing that with the way the world is is the shape the world is in now I I don't know how people make it with God I mean without God do you I I think we're already seeing signs well I know we are and we have for some time signs that this world is fastly going down there's there's a meltdown of everything, everything from our financial system to violence, uh, our society is pleasure mad. There are false prophets. The Bible calls them angels of light that have already deceived many with demons of or doctrines of demons. And uh, at any time, this could all wrap up. The Lord could say it's time, and so we need to not take Jesus' sacrifice on the cross lightly. Think about what Jesus did for you. He gave his life for you. He sacrificed uh, by dying the most horrible, terrible manner and way that a man could come up uh, with and think of to kill another man, and that's crucifixion on a cross. And Jesus did that for us. Man still has not come uh, with a, a more torturous, terrible, uh, painful way to die than that, the way Jesus died. So, even with all these powerful warnings from the scripture, Christians still, I, I don't see how sometimes though, find it hard to pray. Why is that? I'm going to give you four reasons here today that I believe why it is, why some Christians. Find it hard to pray. Reason number one, some Christians don't pray because they have a lukewarm love for God. Their love is lukewarm. Now, I didn't say they'd grown cold. I didn't say their love was cold. But I use the word lukewarm uh, because the word really means inexpensive Uh when that uh, word is used in revelation let's just turn there and look revelation chapter 2 and verse 4 jesus is talking to the church at ephesus and he he tells them uh, i'm commending you for everything you've done the verses before this say that uh, he acknowledged that they worked hard in the faith, they hated sin, they hated compromise, they refused to accept false doctrine, they didn't faint they, uh, faint, they didn't give up when they were persecuted. They always took a stand for the gospel. But then he says, I've got one thing that, that, that I have against you. He says, I know that you have left your first love for me. And so, somehow, amidst all of their good works, they were busy doing things for God. They left behind their loving, disciplined walk with Jesus. And now he tells them, You've left your first love, you have forsaken the costly discipline that it takes to regularly come into my presence and maintain a relationship with me, which requires communion and communication. Let me tell you something. I said that this word lukewarm literally means uh, it's inexpensive. God is saying here, Jesus is saying, it's going to cost you something to maintain a relationship with me. It's going to cost you something to pray. You've got to remember that. If if it doesn't seem at times, now sometimes I love going to the place of prayer. I need to talk to God. I can't wait to get there. But there are times when my flesh kicks in, and this is normal, uh, those times when it just seems like I really could spend that time that I was going to use to pray on something that just seems more important. I know every one of you face that. We face it from time to time. But we have got to remember what is more important. Now, Jesus here in Revelation, when he's talking to Ephesus, is talking about people who started out with a burning love for the Lord. Uh, and he's not talking to dead, cold, dry, nominal Christians who never loved him in the first place. But instead, he's saying it is possible for someone who once had a fervor and a zeal for me, it's possible for that person to allow that kind of love to become lukewarm. The person who used to come to me every day, to seek me in that secret place, that secret closet of prayer, does so no longer. Now, I'm just going to get down to where the the rubber meets the road. Think of how insulting that must be to God. He wants moments with you all to himself to enjoy intimacy. You may say you love him, but if you never show up to be with him, you're you're really proving you don't love him at all. That kind of behavior, uh, folks, think about it. would never cut it with with another lover. Think about uh, this. If you told your girlfriend you loved her, but you only saw her once a week, just long enough to say, hi, honey, I love you, goodbye. She wouldn't put up with that for very long, would she? Absolutely not. Why should Jesus have to put up with that? Why should the Lord who gave his very life for you? You know, it doesn't matter how much we praise God in church, doesn't matter how loud we do that, how much we say we love him, how many tears we shed. uh, We can give our finances generously. We can love people. We can hate sin. We can rebuke wrongdoers. But if our heart doesn't have that connection to God, of intimacy, where we are continually drawn to him, if we don't have that, then we really don't love him. I know that's harsh. You may think that's harsh, but it's the truth. Taking prayer lightly, neglecting it according to Jesus' own words there in Revelation chapter 2 and 4 means that we have left our love for him. Loving Jesus isn't just about doing things. Now, if you love him, you will work for him. You will do what pleases him. But before that, and more important than that, that's necessary. But there are several things that are necessary in a relationship, whether it be a relationship with a place of employment, a company you work for, and a boss, or a family. The same is true with God. There are different things that are necessary in our relationship with God, but some of them are more important than others. And loving Jesus involves the daily discipline of maintaining that one-on-one relationship with him, and that will cost us something. It will cost us time uh, as well as other things. So that leads me to number two, number one reason Christians, some some Christians don't praise because their love is lukewarm. But secondly, some Christians don't pray because their priorities are messed up. They have perverted or uh, disarrayed priorities. Now, what's a priority? It's something you place importance on. And Christians who neglect prayer have their priorities messed up. Uh You know, you you don't want to be the kind of Christian, the kind of believer that sets this go. Well, I'll pray uh, when I find the time. If you don't have a scheduled time of prayer, and it doesn't have to be exactly to the minute every day, but we'll just say morning prayer, afternoon prayer, evening prayer. If you don't have some uh, sort of goal as to when you're going to pray uh, every day, you most likely will not pray the way you should. Uh, Now, my schedule for prayer is is different, uh, different times of the week. For example, it's different uh, Monday through Friday. I have basically the same schedule. On Saturday, my schedule for prayer is different. On Sunday, it's different. But, uh, you know, I've heard people argue that, well, if you do that, then that's kind of making prayer uh, works instead of doing it out of love. No, it's just keeping your flesh under subjection. I don't know about you, but I'm not strong enough to overcome my flesh, first of all, without God's help, and secondly, without telling it what to do. And so, uh, you know, if if you, let me just say this, if you think You're going to pray like you should just by praying whenever I find the time, then uh, what you're really saying is talking to the Lord is less important to me than washing the car, cleaning the house, visiting with friends or family, going shopping, watching TV. You have to make time to pray today in this Fast paced society and world that we live in. You know, but that just means we're no different people today. Many people are no different than they were in the days of Noah and Lot. The Bible says about them, Jesus said this their top priorities were eating and drinking, buying and selling, marrying, caring for their families. They didn't have any time to listen about the warnings that God sent of his coming judgment. And so nobody was prepared when judgment fell. And, you know, evidently nothing has changed for centuries. For most Americans, God's at the bottom of the list, even those that go to church and uh, way above God in different orders with different people. But above God in a lot of people's lives are the priorities of their income, making a living, security, pleasure, family. And, of course, for a lot of Americans, God doesn't even make the list, does he? But that doesn't grieve the Lord nearly as much as how little he's valued by some of his children who show that little value by their lack of praying. Uh, You know, it has amused me and confused me. It shouldn't, but it has. Uh, I scratched my head you know, verbally, when I see people uh, flocking by the thousands uh, traveling across country just to be in a church service with one of these uh, well-sought-after and popular TV preachers, uh, perhaps to be prayed over by some prophet or evangelist, and and. and their motive is you could say is right I guess they want to feel the touch of God. They wouldn't spend that money and that time to travel hundreds some of them thousands of miles to be in these services uh, if they didn't want to seek God. But they're doing it in the wrong way. They're they they're looking to someone else to purchase or procure for them that touch from God they would like to feel. When what God really wants from us is to get it for ourselves in a prayer closet. Uh, There is one particular gentleman. uh, I haven't seen it for several years, but I was at my mother's house one year, several years ago, and watched this gentleman as he prayed over thousands of people. And uh, I won't name his name, but. I'll tell you what my mother used to call him because she has a speech defect. She called him Benny Heine. but I'm not going to call his name. Uh, You know, the one where people just, he waves his hand and they fall over on the floor. Now, I I don't know about all that. I'm not going to try to explain that. But there are so many people, the the, the the final diagnosis of that whole picture is there are so many people that it breaks my heart because people are thirsting for God, and they think they have to go to some special prophet, so-called, to find him, and they spend these hours or days traveling, spending money to travel, stand in line for who knows how many hours for Uh, God's touch, seeking a touch from God, and yet they won't spend five minutes alone with God in prayer. so sad. How many believe the devil has a lot of people deceived? The Lord doesn't want our leftovers, those little bits and pieces of time when we only have a minute to uh, toss up a quick, prayer request but the key to praying the way we ought to pray is found in Revelation 2 and 4 when Jesus said to that church you've left your first love Now, notice he didn't say you've lost it oh no sometimes you lose things and it's not your fault is it sometimes you lose things Uh. And you didn't mean to. You wouldn't have done it on purpose. But leaving something is a decision that you consciously make. Now, when someone leaves the Lord, when they grow lukewarm and even cold in God, if their relationship used to be hot, doesn't happen overnight. And they may not, well, it never happens where they wake up one day and say, I think I'll turn lukewarm. Now, it happens gradually over time, but it happens because of conscious decisions that we make. So, the Lord doesn't want our leftovers, does he? The fact is, no Christian will set aside time to pray unless it becomes their first priority in life above everything else. Amen. All right, third reason. Reason number one, some Christians don't pray because they have a lukewarm love for the Lord. Second reason is some Christians don't pray because they don't have correct priorities. Reason number three, some Christians don't pray because they've learned to live without prayer. And here's where a lot of we apostolics come in. Uh, now, some people think, some Christians think that all that is required of them is to go to church, worship, give your tithe to God through the church, listen to the preaching, do your best, and uh, they think that's all that's required, and, and, you know, everything will be okay if I do that. That's the sacrifice they bring to God, and they think he is pleased with it. Uh, I've known Christians who were faithful churchgoers for decades, and and these people never missed a meeting, never missed a prayer meeting. They were good family people. They could talk on Bible topics very uh, ably, but they had no prayer life, spent hours with their family. You got to do that. You got to spend time with your family, but again, there are other priorities that are higher on the list than they should be. They spent hours sitting in front of a TV or working on hobbies, but they didn't have time to be alone with the Lord. And, and, and I am fearful. I hope that I don't pastor anyone like this. If there is someone, I, I pray God deliver them, that there is anyone uh, under the sound of my voice who has learned to live comfortably, in your relationship with God with no daily prayer that is dangerous with no regular communion with the Lord and uh, if you do that for very long you're really going to end up being a stranger to the Lord amen so the fact is you can be a churchgoer and easily spend your whole life without prayer don't do that uh, Let's know that we need prayer every day. Finally, number four, last one: Some Christians don't pray because they don't believe God answers their prayers. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you can say, like me, that you've gotten gotten a little tired of waiting on God to answer a prayer? Sure. It happens. It happens to all of us. The reason for that is there are several. They all have to do with God and how different our thinking is from His. The Bible says in uh, Isaiah, I believe it is, God says, My ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And then He goes on to say, In fact, my ways are so different from your ways, and my thoughts are so different from your thoughts because my ways and thoughts are as high or as separated, as far away from yours as the heavens are from the earth. Now, I don't know how far out, outer space goes. Scientists say it goes to infinity. I'm not sure I believe that. But uh, if that's what God wanted to, to do with this universe, then so be it. However far it is, you go from here to the end of the, the edge of the universe, if there is one. You ever heard the term light years? Uncountable light years. That's how far. That's how high the heavens uh, or the 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 thoughts that God has are from ours. We're we're basically um, when it goes to our thoughts and and our comprehension, like an ant on an anthill compared to God. You know. When you go to an ant hill, I don't know about you, but I grew up as a boy. I just got in the habit of every time I saw an ant hill, Brother Brad, what did I do to it? Yeah, Sister Barb, you got it right. <laughs> Enough said. I'm glad God doesn't do that to us. But basically, the comparison is f- is fair. We would have no clue there even was a God, that a God even existed, the God who created us and everything else, unless He showed himself to us, and he showed himself to us through coming, becoming one of us, the Son of God. His name was Jesus Christ, and aren't you thankful for that? But he came to have a relationship with us. He came to, to do things for us and to bless us. And let me tell you something. The devil has lied to some of you and said, oh, you don't really get Uh, The bang for your buck, you, you really don't get what you should by going to church and having a relationship with God. That is a lie from hell. God more than satisfies. God created you to have a relationship with him. That's why breath is going in and out of your body right now. And anyone who does not fulfill that purpose for their being alive which God created them to fulfill, which was to have a relationship with him, a one-on-one relationship where you talk to him and he talks to you and he's involved in your life and he does things for you and blesses you. Anyone who does not take advantage of that fact and enter into that relationship with God is existing in this life for reasons that they were never intended to and they're unfulfilled. You will never have that fulfilling feeling inside until you are doing what you were created to do, and that is, above everything else, have a relationship with God, one that is one-on-one, personal, and that has as its concrete foundation Him talking to you And he does that through his word and other ways and you talking to him. And that's called spending time in prayer. Uh, But some Christians have quit praying because they didn't like the time schedule that God answers prayers with. They didn't get the prayer answered that they wanted. Remember, God said, I'll answer every prayer. We read it. 1st John chapter 5 I believe it is or chapter 3 one of those two we read it just a moment ago when you pray and ask God for something he says pray according to God's will that when you do in other words God let your will be done not mine when the two are different change me so that I want what you want in this situation and my desire is what you desire cuz God always knows best Sometimes he doesn't pray, uh, answer prayers the way we ask them, what, what we want him to do or what we want him to fix or what we want him to change because he knows that's not really what we need and that's not really what is best for us or the person we're praying for. You leave it up to God as to how to answer your prayer and the situation will turn out the very best it could turn out. So don't let unanswered prayer keep you from praying. Amen. Let's stand together. Make no mistake, God is faithful. I didn't didn't read it, but James tells us in the book of James sometimes we pray and our prayers are not answered because we ask amiss for the wrong reason. But the Bible says in the book of Psalms, Oh, how great is Thy goodness, which Thou hast laid up for them that fear Thee, which Thou hast wrought for them that trust in Thee before the sons of men. You put God first, you trust in God in everything, and you're going to be a testimony. God's going to lift you up, and everybody's going to wonder, well, what did they do to have such good things happen to them? It's called being a child of God, and it's called doing it God's way. Amen. Go to your secret closet regularly, on a regular basis, daily, and seek God with all your heart. I'm going to tell you that's, that's an answer to a, a healed marriage. It's an answer to unsaved loved ones. That is the answer to every need in your life. Now, your answers may not come overnight. But if you pray and ask God to give you patience and then you wait for God to do His work in His time, His way, you'll be glad you did. Let's just pray right now, shall we, and close this Sunday school hour out and ask God to help us to do that. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you most of all for your sacrifice at Calvary, shedding your blood, enduring that torturous death, on a cruel cross so that you could have a one-on-one personal relationship with anybody that chooses to do so. Thank you for that love, God. Thank you for loving us. I want to love you back, Lord. We want to love you back. You first loved us, your Word says. Help us to love you the way you want to be loved. Not the way we think it ought to happen, but the way you want us to love you. And that includes So very importantly, prayer. Help us to pray the way you want us to pray and thereby receive all the many blessings that you are longing to give us when we do that. We ask it all and thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, we've got about 10 or 12 minutes until our service, uh, two o'clock worship service. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you and have a blessed day.